Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's the Garnet Trust Hour. And our guest, unfortunately, got held up by a train for a few minutes. Now, uh, we were talking about a few minutes ago, it's going to be weird to say former Gamecock tight end, Nate Atkins. Welcome to the studio, Nate. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. On your home of the Gamecocks. Some of the trains, you can try to go around, and it, like you run into the same train. Like, they trick you. And, like, I pulled up, and uh, it was just now starting. Like, I heard it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, the thing just went down. There's- 107.5, the game. All right, and welcome into today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour here on 1075 The Game. Tyler Head, Chris Clark, and welcoming in our special guest today, Gamecocks pitcher James Hicks, who's fresh off of a start last night against Queens, where the Gamecocks picked up a 12-0 victory. James, first of all, congratulations on the start last night, and thanks for coming in today. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, you're on the mound last night. Um, Correct any of my stats if they're wrong, by the way. Five innings yes, last night. Okay. Scoreless. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, when you got out there, this was you had a couple innings in a game earlier this season, but this was your most extended action. Yes, sir. And what? I think, I think it was like four years to the day since your... Since Tommy John? Uh, four years. <laughs> a year and four days since Tommy John. Is uh, that right? Somewhere around uh, there? No, I think How in a couple it? days it'll be... I think it's year. Sunday. It's right at a year. Will be I believe year Sunday mark. will be right. a year mark. Yeah. So a year. what I was trying to spit out was like a year and four days, but I <laughs> came up with four years somehow <laughs> instead. But the point is, you're out there on the mound, and you're you're obviously thinking about your appearance on the Garnet Trust Hour today. Yeah, and, and did that carry you through to, to uh, yeah, that performance? That, okay. That's exactly what got me right, through. Good. Thank you. We're, we're done here. That's I, I was going to say, I'm glad he had a good outing last night, or he may not have wanted to come in here today we, at all. Yeah, that would have been been a little awkward there we, we were we were talking about that um you know if you, off air tyler if james, i was like man james i know you would you would have shown up you know mm-hmm. but uh would have been maybe a little different conversation yeah, i don't know what we would have talked about no <laughs> seriously but you know to, to turn it more serious how was that in your you know talked about basically a year mm-hmm. since tommy john and we'll dive into that i want to get a little bit more for the viewers on you know what that process is like the rehab getting back, all that stuff. But how yeah. was it out there last night? How did you feel, you know, in the longest kind of stint that you've had in that time? Yeah, I was talking to my parents afterwards. That's the best my arm has felt since even before Tommy John. I would have, like, some arm, like, soreness and issues even before I tore my UCL. And so that's the first time in a really long time I was throwing with no pain, no, no anything. I, I felt great out there. I was going to say, so Tommy John is something that we hear about a lot in baseball, and it's almost kind of a term that gets thrown around so much. I don't think a lot of people fully understand what it means or what it feels like. So from your perspective, what went on leading up to it? What were you feeling, and what has that rehab process been like to get to this point of you starting again last night? Yeah, so when it, when it first originally happened, uh, I came out in the third inning that day that it tore. In the first inning, it felt 
just kind of strange. The second inning, it was just on fire. And it felt like I had Icy Hot all over it without having Icy Hot on it. And then the third inning, it was just stabbing pain and, like, just numbness all throughout my hand. And so I, I knew something was off, and I, like, kind of grimaced on accident. And so the catcher ran out and got me. And then got an MRI the next day, ended up. He gave me a list of surgeons all over the country, and I got to kind of talk to them and pick whichever one I wanted to choose. I went to this guy. It's A&M's team doctor, actually. He's in College Station. And so I went that next week and had the surgery not even a week after tour. And the first two months, you don't really do a whole lot. It's just like grip strength and stuff. And then you get the brace off, and that's when you're doing probably an hour's worth of shoulder, forearm, all kinds of just weird movements with six-pound dumbbells for an hour straight. And it's just so tedious, and it just kind of kills you mentally because you go in there and do the same thing every day. And right. it's really not a not a light at the end of the tunnel for a while. But then this summer I got to start throwing again, and that's when it really picked up and the excitement and everything it got me got me going, got me through it. When you start literally throwing again, mm-hmm. soft, like soft toss a little bit? like I think the first day was 45 feet, and it was probably like 30 miles an hour. I yeah. Was, I was just lobbing it Pitch back. and catch. Yeah. Yes, sir. What about the first time where you like I, – I know there's a progression, and you, you know, you don't go from – a lollipop to all right, give me a fastball, right? Yeah. But but like the first time that you threw hard, mm-hmm. was there any? You know, you hear got uh, about guys with like ACL injuries and the first time they like cut and plant and things like that, like yeah. on the field. But was there any? I don't know concern or did you just I'm going for it? No, I just kind of trusted that the surgery worked. I knew that my surgeon was good, and so I just trusted that and just kind of let it rip. And if anything happened, I been through it before kind of mentality you know you you said that your arm felt even better Mm post-surgery and so one thing you hear with pitchers sometimes is that their velocity is better after tommy john have you seen that uh not so far i was talking to the trainer about that the other day he said that you're not really back to where you were velocity wise till 12 to 14 months after and i'm just about to hit 12 and i'm pretty much back where i was before and so i'm hoping it just continues to Keep climbing and keeps increasing. Now, how much was the confidence builder for you getting out there on Friday night in your couple of relief innings uh, before going out there and starting last night as opposed to your first outing in live action being a start as opposed to, you know, just a couple innings from last Friday? Yeah, it, it helped a lot. I'm really glad I got the chance to do that because, I mean, running out on opening night with pretty much a, a packed house and then coming out last night was completely different, and I just felt all this weight off me. I just felt so relaxed out there. I'm glad I got to get those two on Friday. Pitch-wise, for the fans that, you know, maybe a little bit more casual, um, tell us what you're working with pitch-wise. You know, what do you throw? And then give us give us kind of your breakdown. What's, what's your favorite pitch? Don't give it away. You know, I'm sure all the SEC opposing batters <laughs> are listening. So don't give away your secrets of what you're going to throw them. But what's your, what's your favorite pitch? Uh, favorite pitch would be sinker. I mean, okay. I, I throw that like 80% of the time, I think. That's that's my bread and butter pretty much, which is just the fastball, which at the end just drops down. Drops down some. Yeah. 
eighty percent of the time, what do you? Th- what's your breakdown on you know percentage wise of mm-hmm. anything else? Um, I've got a slider too. I throw a decent amount. I threw some four or five curveballs last night. They weren't great, but I threw them. And then <laughs> I've got a change up and a and a four seam. I'll mix in occasionally. Something Mark Kingston said, your coach about mm-hmm. he was talking about you and Will Sanders, is that you know he doesn't feel like we have all seen we being you know, media fans, you know, college baseball in general, we haven't seen like the best of you guys with what you'll be later this season. So do you think for you, he's talking about you just continuing to get even more comfortable as you come back, gaining velocity, yeah, all yeah, the above? Yeah, I, kind of all of the above. I've I've got stuff that I still need to improve on and keep working on, and I think I got better from Friday to Wednesday. And so I think I'm just going to keep keep kind of getting better each time out. And that's pretty much my goal now, just keep improving as I go. Do you have a, um, I don't know, a routine when on, on game days that you're actually pitching? Mm-hmm. I do. The same thing every time? Uh, for the most part. It depends on if I'm out of the bullpen. I can't do some of the stuff that I would if I was starting. But yesterday, if I'm starting, I, I like doing hot and cold tub before, just kind of a minute and a half in each, four or five times. I read that online somewhere, and I, I tried it a couple of weeks ago, and it really just kind of wakes me up, gets me going, get, gets the body feeling good. And then I do a lot of do a lot of hot packs on my arms, lacrosse ball, a lot of stretching. And then by the time I get down to the field, it's I don't really have a whole lot to do. I just do some bands and start throwing. So I know there's a lot of people that it takes like two or three hours to – like get ready to go. I'm pretty simple. I just do the hot and cold tub, some hot packs, and I'm ready to go. Pretty much. Any no weird superstitions? Well, any of those? <laughs> it, well, before Tommy John, I had a lot of them. Uh, it, I had a lot of. I had certain underwear, and I would watch a movie the night before, and have this certain meal. And so I've tried to. I've kind of tried to cut back a little bit, and then. Since I haven't pitched in so long, I, I kind of want to start fresh, and then whatever works, I'm just going to build on as the season. So right now, I don't have a lot, but by the end of the year, I'll have a lot. You're almost like, it's kind of a problem. Like, there's yeah. there's too many things going on there. Yeah, I've got three certain songs I listen to before <laughs> I pitch, and all this all this nonsense. It's almost, it's, almost, it's almost a distraction all the things you have to do <laughs> yeah. from a superstition standpoint yeah. to feel good in your own state of mind. Yeah, exactly. So Same. I'm, I'm trying to cut back a little. <laughs> Same movie every time? No, I I okay. just mix it up. Something that a makes movie. yeah, something that makes me feel good. Like if like Creed, I've watched that a few times. Just kind of something upbeat that makes you ready to go. Is it always a sports theme? No rom coms or anything? <laughs> no, no rom coms. I stay away from rom coms. <laughs> you ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. We do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. But, uh, no, I mix it up each time. It just depends on the day. Okay. But usually a sports movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sports or... I watched Red Dawn a couple nights ago. That wow, yeah, that doesn't get you fired up. I don't know what will <laughs> going into battle. <laughs> I yeah. hear you. So something like that. Um, 
the the going back to the Tommy John, were y'all like monitoring? Like, were you having some? Pro- I know you mentioned how it was flaring up during the game on you, but were there any indications that something wrong was wrong beforehand? Like leading up to that, you have some soreness, like yeah, that's atypical. Yeah, the I had never had any soreness on the inside of my elbow. It was mm-hmm. always like my tricep or bicep or something. But I pitched that week before, and it felt fine. And then as soon as I got done, I remember I was in the hotel with my parents, and they were, they saw me like touching it, and they asked me what was wrong, and I said I got this new sore spot and then throughout the week like whenever i would like bring my arm back i would just feel it kind of like pulling which i had never felt before so i figured it was i knew it was weird and i threw a bullpen that week and i remember i threw a curveball that just sailed way right and everything just kind of locked up and i think that's when i actually did it or like partially did it Mm -hmm. and i figured at that point it was probably too late to do anything now so i was just gonna Ride it out, basically. Yeah, yeah. see what happens. So. Right. We're going to run into our first time out, continue on our conversation here with James Hicks on the Garnet Trust Hour. As we head into this break, though, Gamecock Baseball is back in action this weekend, taking on Penn out at Founders Park. Have a pair of tickets to give away for Friday's game, which starts at 4 o'clock. You can hear right here on 107.5 The Game. Be caller number 5 at 803-404-6100. Win yourself that pair of tickets. We'll be right back with the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Back in on the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, Chris Clark, and our special guest today, Gamecocks pitcher James Hicks, joining us for this hour. And James, we've been talking about your rehabilitation from the Tommy John surgery. And you mentioned that rehabilitation process of where it's a lot of days of doing the same thing over and over again, and it's a long time before you can finally touch that baseball again, let alone throw it. What helped you through that time, and were there any doubts? Like, man, I may never be able to pitch the way that I was before or ever again, and what kind of guided you through that time getting you to where you are today? There were definitely some doubts at times. There were some tough times, and I'd never really gone through an injury before, so I would feel like one little thing of soreness and automatically think the worst about it so it was definitely an up and down uh period mentally but uh i just got a really good support system my family and friends that i've got around helped me so much i I made so many calls to my parents i probably annoyed them i was i was worried about my arm but they they helped me so much and having that time this summer rehabbing with mahoney and Phipps and Sam Simpson and everybody around doing pretty much the same stuff all together. It, it helps so much. If I was doing it by myself, it'd be be awful. How is it going against some turn the turn the page of some of your teammates? Mm-hmm. Y'all y'all been on a tear hitting the ball. We have. Did you did you expect that? And when I say that, I don't mean like being a good offensive team. I mean you know. 37 home runs or however many <laughs> however yeah. many they've hit in the first few games. A lot. Did you anticipate that? I knew we'd be good. I didn't know it would be 5-0 and and all be 10-run games. <laughs> right. But I don't think anybody anticipates that. But I knew we'd be good, and I knew we're really close, and we're just going out there and having fun. And it's just we're hot right now. It's working out. Could you kind of tell just from, you know, preparing for the season itself going against some of the guys and and just watching them in practice Mm -hmm. 
you know, what what sense did you get that made you think, man, we might be really good offensively? I mean, it, it started early, us all talking about that. We realized it really early that we had a lot of talent on this team, and we were deep in every position. We saw that on day one that we had two at least really good people at each position, which we were all real excited about ever since the start of the fall. So we've me and Jack Mahoney were making jokes about how it feels like 2010 and 2011 here. <laughs> A little bit, so we we've been excited about it for a long time, and now now we get to show it off. Is how how we're going about it now. Now now Jack it has a background of being a position player and a pitcher. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's your background? And well, I went so I'm I went JUCO before mm-hmm. here, you know, and I I originally went to it's called Crowder College. I showed up there as a two way a position player and a pitcher. And the first day he came out with, like, the groups for the batting practice, and I wasn't on it. And so after practice, I was going to go up and say, hey, I'm not in a group. And then I watched what the position players did in practice that day, and it was, like, two hours straight of ground balls. And so I just said, I'm, I'm just pitch. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. I'll just let, let them do it. What so. did you do? What positions did you play? I played like middle infield, mainly short, but played some second. Not used to that many ground balls. You're like it's too many ground balls in practice. I'm I good. mean, I mean, I I thought I took a lot, but compared to that, no. <laughs> no. You like hitting though? Oh, I, mm, I liked it. Yeah, not enough to do it at this level though. Right. With people out there throwing ninety five, ninety six, I would not do well. You definitely. You, so you found your calling definitely yeah. being yeah. A, a pitcher. Yeah. So when you're at a junior college like Crowder. How do you get noticed? Like, what about you, or how does anybody stand out in, especially in baseball with so many schools yeah. playing it? How do you get noticed by a team like South Carolina? Uh, I mean, I, I guess it just comes down to stats. And if I, I was grateful to be on a good team that was winning a lot, so we we got a bunch of attention from that. We I forgot our record, but it was it was really good that year. And the year I went through it, it's probably different for everybody, but the year I went through it, it was COVID. And so none of the coaches could actually come to the game. Mm-hmm. And so it was just all based on video. And my coach there did a really good job of spreading the video out to all coaches. And I remember him saying at one point he had talked to every coach in the country except the Vanderbilt head coach, Tim Corbin, and he had talked to his assistant. So a, a big part of it is the coaches getting your name out there. And I had a really good one at, at doing that. So. So you mentioned that you wouldn't do well at this level going up against uh, guys like you, basically, and, and everybody else, Will, and guys in the SEC that you pitched. But did you, I mean, were you a good hitter in, at, like, the high school level? Like, would you consider yourself? I was, I was nothing crazy. I was pretty good in high school. My junior year, I was above 300. And then my senior year, I, uh, I was, like, 270 or 80 with four homers. Nothing crazy. I, I was fine, though. I was too whole. When you are out there pitching against, you know, all all these teams you guys play against, mm-hmm. it's, you know, Florida, LSU, Clemson, you know, Arkansas, all these guys, do you kind of take mental notes on, like a lot of times I'll ask football players, like, who's the best player you ever played against? And mm-hmm. they typically have an answer. A lot of times it's, you know, Todd Gurley for, for guys that played in that area and things like that. But do you yeah. kind of keep mental notes on, like, this is like the toughest hitter I've ever faced. Yeah. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, like, I don't mean to. It just kind of yeah. works out that way. And Wimmer's definitely one of those that come to mind first whenever yeah. I get that question. Wimmer, and then uh, the he played third for Arkansas last year. His name's Caden Wallace. He grew up 20 minutes from me, so mm-hmm. I always played against him growing up. And it's it's between those two is who always comes to mind first. It's just hard to, like, they're just really good at making like you can't strike them out like what is it that makes a hitter like annoying to go against yeah they just don't really have many holes like yeah some hitters you can tell don't hit the inside pitch well so i just pound them on the inside but uh wimmer and caden just do everything well and they can hit off speeds just as well as fastballs wherever it is and so it, it just makes them really difficult to strike out or even get them to weekly weak contact on them don't don't give away you know anything that that you shouldn't. But how do you structure basically what you're going to throw? You know what I mean. So between the scouting report that y'all have on players, getting pitches called during the game, maybe you shaking off a pitch. Like how does that flow go? Uh, Coach Parker does a really good job of coming up with scouting reports on every player, and he's got a really good plan coming into it. On he knows the hitters that we're facing so well, and so. I really just trust him. There's a lot of people that shake a lot. I don't really like to do that. I, I like trusting Coach Parker because he, he knows what he's doing when it comes to pitch con. So I just trust whatever he calls and try to execute the best of my ability. All right, going to run into another break. Going to come back on the other side, continue our conversation with James Hicks here on the Garnet Trust Hour. Got another pair of tickets to give away for this weekend for Saturday's games. They take on Penn at Founders Park. First pitch for that going to be at 2 o'clock. Be caller number 5 at 803 803- 404-6100. Win yourself a pair of tickets. We'll be right back on the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. What we're talking about on 107.5 The Game. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. Back in on the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, Chris Clark, and Gamecocks pitcher James Hicks in studio with us now and James Kendall and I were talking about this in our last hour. They've made some modifications to the action clock in college baseball in reference to only having a certain amount of time to throw a pitch and the limiting the amount of times you can throw uh, pickoffs and step-offs and all that stuff. Um, this has been in college baseball since 2020, basically the entire time that you've been in college baseball. What are your opinions on the pitch clock, and is it, is it good for the game? Is it something that you hate? What do you feel about it? Something I've noticed about it, just me personally, is whenever they have to stop and explain the rules, like when they add on a ball to somebody and have to stop and explain the rules, it usually takes longer than if they would have just let the guy throw the pitch, is my opinion on it. But, I mean, it doesn't really concern me. I try to stay pretty quick with my rhythm. I don't really walk around a whole lot. I just get back on and throw. So, uh, for me at least, I don't ever really worry about it whenever I'm out there but I don't I don't really have much of an opinion on it I don't think it's great but also 
I mean, it, it could be worse, I feel like. so. If anyone has questions for James, by the way, get them in on the Firehouse Subs text line. That's 803-446100 if you have some good questions. Maybe we'll ask him, and I'm sure he'll answer them. So that that's a great segue, Tyler, to another question for James. So are there any other things that just in your time playing baseball, you're kind of out there, probably not while you're pitching, but just watching the game, and you're like, why is this this way? Like, do you? So, if you're Commissioner James Hicks of college <laughs> baseball, like, do you have any other rules that you would things you would change about the game and the way it's structured? Um, I mean, that's a tough one. It, I mean, I love the game the way it is, and it's mm-hmm. always going to be changing. I wish there was a way for it to just not change, you know. But then it then it probably wouldn't grow as fast. And so uh, I like where it's at right now, and I think they do a great job of adjusting the rules and how they should be. Are you uh, are you an instant replay guy when they started putting that in in baseball? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the instant replay. Okay. I am, yeah. And there are talks of, like, the electronic umpire and stuff. I don't really like that as much, but... That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, so, roll. we're, we're testing out a new segment. Tyler doesn't even know this. Oh, boy. It's He's called- probably should have told me about this beforehand. Nah. You don't have to do anything. We're okay. just we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna say it. We're gonna do make your case. Okay. Okay. So make your case as to why we should not have like a VR umpire. Why an umpire who is gonna mess up some calls. Yeah. Why you like that as a pitcher? I feel like the electronic umpire helps the hitters more than it does the pitchers. Okay. And I say that because Catchers these days have gotten so good at how they receive the ball, making it look like a strike, that a lot of the time they'll steal strikes for you, and which they can't do that if there's an electronic umpire. So I think it definitely helps the hitter having that. And me being a pitcher, I'm I'm kind of opposed to it because I like okay like the catcher stealing some strikes back there. That's me. a good point. I haven't thought about it. So y'all benefit more. You think the umpire, when they miss calls, it's more in the pitcher's favor? I think so. I mean... It depends on the umpire and everything. There are some that are better than others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I think most of the time it's in the in the pitcher's favor. Do y'all go through and? I mean, you probably don't. It's probably the coaches. But do y'all go through and chart like that was a strike mm-hmm. instead of a ball that was called? Yeah, we get feedback a couple seconds after the pitch, and we have a guy behind home plate reading the the track man and gives the exact location and if it was a strike or not and he looks at the dugout and says yes or no on the and then and then kingston can go out and tell the umpire hey yeah usually it's just kind of a a quick yell from the from the dugout letting them know that that actually was a strike need to correct that next time and is that something you're factoring in when you're going to make a start like hey this guy's going to be behind the plate here's what he calls here's what he gets wrong and kind of going from there uh no not really it's just kind of as the game goes i notice what he's calling and what he's not and so i kind of factor that in but also at the same time i've i've got some good confidence in my command and i know that i can throw a strike when i really need to and so if i was a little bit wilder i'd I'd probably make me a little nervous knowing if there was a tight umpire or one with a big zone so i don't really worry about it a whole lot What's the, and, and if the answer is super obvious and I missed it, I'd go ahead and apologize in advance. Close, have you ever thrown a no-no? Well, uh, my, in Juco, I had a game where I was two outs away from one and I was working on a cutter for some reason and I hadn't thrown it all game. 
And you decided I, that was a good time I, I to try. I felt like that was the right time to throw one, <laughs> and so I threw it, and it forgot to cut, and so it was Ooh. just a fastball at eighty-five, pretty much, and he hit it about four hundred and fifty feet, and so that broke up the no-hitter. That's the closest I've been to one. That was an interesting decision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I could change it, I probably would. That was the first time you turned the cutter during the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what I was. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to. You know. <laughs> No, I get on there, no, but you know that was, was dumb. Interesting. <laughs> Did you get the next guy out? Um, I think so. I think without that home run, it would have been another. Now, how often do you think about that? That's been a couple <laughs> years now, but does that still like haunt you from time to time? Yeah, it does. It it pops up in the back of the head every once in a while. So you threw a one hit. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One run, win. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever, I'm sure, I mean, that's happened, but. Yeah. I, I was. You don't hear of a no no getting breaking broke breaking broken up a lot on a home run. I was gonna say it's oh. usually like that single or yeah. something like that. I can that, definitely say that's the first one I've ever heard of where pitchers tried out a new pitch for the first time. Yeah, congratulations. I don't. I don't <laughs> well, <laughs> I guarantee if he's in that situation again, he's not going to do that. No, no. So you don't. So did you? <laughs> did you totally scrap the cutter? Oh yeah. Like it's out of your. I haven't thrown it since. Wow. Yeah. One and done. Yeah. yeah. That is truly history making. <laughs> well, if there was ever reason to not want to throw it again, that'd be a pretty good one, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Did you tell everybody, like, did you, was your coach afterwards was like, what was that pitch? Like, did you? Well, because he was the one that was telling me that I should I should try out throwing one. And so that Just week before. Game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that was my idea, throwing it in the game. He probably didn't want me doing that, but. Yeah, I told him that that was that was the cutter that uh, he told me to work on. It's a bummer. Okay, so you had all right. Was that the only instance? Of, like, surely there were some other times where you got like relatively close. Yeah, I'm sure there were some in high school yeah, and high school ones. That that was just the one that comes to mind because that one haunts me. But I'm sure I'm sure there were. <laughs> I'm some sorry. Others. Now, <laughs> That's in that instance, obviously it's pretty easy to keep up like, oh, I haven't given up any hits or anything like that. But yeah. through the course of a game like that, are you wanting to be told like, hey, man, five innings, no hits, six no, innings, no hits? No. Or are you just like blocking all of it out? No, I don't want anybody talking to me about <laughs> anything close to that. What They can talk about the weather for next week or something, just anything other than the game going on. Do, do you like so? Do you like people talking to you? You know, some pitchers like they're off in the corner. Don't talk to me at all. Like you don't mind people coming over. Not even no. during a during a potential no hitter. I'm just saying in general when you're pitching, you won't yeah. be left alone. I don't want somebody just coming up and having a full conversation with me. But I don't mind people. Like I I I just sit on the bench and when people come by and like say good job or something quick, I don't I don't mind it at all. It's just you were saying before we hopped on air. Um, that you don't really, on, on days that you're actually engaged in, in pitching, like you're on the mound that day, you don't pay a lot of attention to the game, really? Well, it's just like when I'm still in the game, yeah. in the in the dugout, and the way that our dugout works, 
if you're sitting on the bench, you really can't see a whole lot. Yeah. And so I'd rather just sit there and like stay focused than yeah. trying to run around and try to have a good view of the game. And so I, I just kind of pay attention to the outs, and I have a routine each inning of what I do with my hat and glove based on the outs and stuff. I don't know. It goes back into the superstitions. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't really pay a whole lot of attention until I'm done with it. So we've heard that Will Sanders keeps, like, this notebook of every pitch he's ever thrown and every batter he's ever faced. And, oh. like, he goes back and revisits it, like, oh, in this game I threw, you know, on pitch number 37, this guy hit this or whatever. Are you, like, keeping up with those kind of things? You just kind of like to brush off games once they're done. I'm going to have to ask him about that because I didn't know about that. I want to see that. But uh, I think it was Wes that told me that story last week. Or the, Co- it might have been Colin actually. I think yeah. Colin told me about that last week. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him about that. That's cool. But no, I'm not I'm not real big into that. If it's a if it's a good outing and everything felt good, I'll go back and watch the video, of course. But I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about it. If it's one of my worst outings, then I'll go back and really like take a deep dive into what went wrong and what wasn't working, and just kind of learn from that. But the the good ones, I don't really go back and dwell on too much when you do go back and look at the good or the bad like what what's typically the problem or the solution you know like yeah when you is it just something technical you see yeah most of the time it's something mechanical that leads to my pitches not being as sharp as they usually would be and so usually i can find something i'm doing different with my delivery that changes it but there's also times like when i First came back from Tommy John pitching in the scrimmages. I could tell during the game I was real sped up. I wasn't just taking time to breathe and relax out there. I was just rushing through, you know. And so sometimes it's mental, but most of the time it's mechanical that leads to. On the other side, I want to get into a few fun things and then look back kind of on the MLB draft process because, of course, you turned down an opportunity to go pro to – Come back here to South Carolina. Yep. Going to run into our last time out. Come back on the other side. Learn a little bit more about James Hicks as we wrap up the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. The Game Gox. 107.5 The Game. Back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, Chris Clark. Wrapping up today's edition with James Hicks of the Gamecocks baseball team and Chris, I guess this is the point in the show where we have to ask him about food because we always end up doing that with all of our guests. And a lot of our guests usually end up having some pretty good recipes yeah. that they're happy to boast about. You, uh, you a guy that likes to cook, James? Uh, not, not the biggest cooker. I cooked some this summer, <laughs> and I would just keep it simple where I would just kind of make some chicken and then have the instant rice and put some cheese dip on it and have chicken, cheese, and rice. I'd have that about three or four times a week. Make some good quesadillas. Um, Really good peanut butter and jelly. Hell yeah. Nothing wrong with being simple. Yeah. Dude, I love I love the queso on rice. Anything, if you say queso, I'm in. Yeah. Like, if you were like, I do queso on my peanut butter and jelly, I'd be like, yeah, that'd probably work. That sounds really good. Now, you gave me one before the show. Yeah. This will be another Make Your Case. This is part two of Make Your Case. You told me about chips on a burger. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. There's this place that me and my friends go sometimes. And they've got all these options of weird stuff like peanut butter, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't know. They've got, I keep it pretty simple. The burger I get is the the patty, uh, mac and cheese, and barbecue chips. And it's good. Is that your, 
like was that something you brought to Columbia from Arkansas with you? Is like the idea of, or did you? <laughs> no, did was, you just saw it and you're like, I'm gonna try barbecue chips on my burger. South Carolina introduced me to that. To that that okay. does sound pretty good. Yeah, I would try it for sure. We will, uh, we will, we will do that one day. Okay, and get our reviews. Uh, teased before we went to break that we wanted to talk about. Made sure we hit on the MLB draft a little bit. So mm-hmm. you're drafted in the 15th round. Yes, sir. By Baltimore. Yes. Um, after last season and decided to come back. Uh, what went into that process for you? Uh, it was it was pretty stressful there for a few days. Um, and I was very grateful to be in that in that position yeah. where I had that choice. But it, it was still stressful. And I pretty much talked to everyone I knew about it, which was the wrong idea because everybody's got a <laughs> different opinion and that just kind of made it worse for me. But ultimately what I kept coming back to was that this is the place that took a chance on me just from seeing video out of a college and I owed it to these great coaches and fans here they only saw me for seven innings or whatever it was and that just wasn't enough I wanted to come back and and really contribute to this team and be a part of something great and I knew we'd have a a good team coming back and so I just wanted to keep playing here and do well you mentioned earlier how uh, Coach Parker does a really good job pitching, you know, or mm-hmm. not pitching, but giving you, you know, scouting reports and things like that. Yes, uh, pitching coach. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with him and, and you know, just working with him on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I love Coach Parker. I loved him last year before I got hurt. And even when I got hurt, he didn't brush me under the rug. He still talked to me a lot each week and we stayed close throughout it. And then this summer, and through the, like, he would be up at the field this summer whenever we were all there, and so he, we'd always just hang out because we didn't really have a whole lot to do. And so we got real close over that, and I, I love Coach Parker. He's going to go down as one of my favorite coaches ever. He's he's great at what he does, and I'm glad to be working with him. You were telling us we've gotten to the portion of the show where I'm just going grab bag and jumping all over the place. You, you told me that... Uh, you played some high, some football up until what ninth grade? Ninth I think. grade. You're yes, a quarterback. Sir. I was. Okay. My my eighth and ninth grade year team went a combined zero and nineteen. <laughs> oh, and it would have been zero and twenty, but one got rained out. So <laughs> I, I really thought you were about to go like, yeah, I was pretty good. Like we no, were twenty and zero. No, no. My best receiver that I had uh, went on to high school that next year to be a lineman. They moved him to lineman, and he was my best receiver. That I was oh, so okay. I wasn't oh. working with much, but also I was not not the best either. So I mean, we appreciate the honesty. So yeah. you could have lied, and we would have never been able to prove you wrong. <laughs> well, right? we really weren't. Right? Yeah, I was, I was great. I, mean, I would have <laughs> given Spencer a run for his money here. Whatever. <laughs> How far could you throw it? Not far. <laughs> I, I I was definitely a late bloomer. You would call me. I was probably a hundred and forty pounds in ninth grade, or if that. And so I was I was too small to be out there. I could barely throw, couldn't really run. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
Not a whole lot going on for me. That, now, that, yeah, that's I was, not a great scouting report on yourself. What, oh, no. what are the similarities between throwing a baseball and throwing a football? Is there any crossover there? Um, I know there's a lot of people. I know Becker's one of them that this summer and in the offseason, he throws the football a lot just to kind of keep his arm pass short and not get it long because with a football, you can't have your a long arm. And sure. So a lot of people use it to kind of work on shortening up their arm. And I throw it a lot before I start throwing the baseball just so I get extra loose. So Taylor Jacobson was in here last week with Wes and Tyler and mentioned that sometimes the USC athletics teams will do like team swaps, basically. Uh-huh. Y'all go and um, you know, play another sport, basically. Mm-hmm. Have, have you participated in any of these? I have not. There was You've seen some yeah, going on. Last year, we, we went to beach volleyball, I believe. And then this past weekend, it was like Sunday morning, we had four or five guys go to equestrian, ride some horses. I wish I would have known about that. I didn't get the memo on that, or I definitely would have, because that sounds awesome. But You don't want to go uh, rekindle your football days, go throw with the quarterbacks God, a little no. bit? God, no. no. I think you should do that. No, I'm staying away from there. Get Justin so, King and his team to film that. So, so uh, Taylor told us that the... Um, Soccer team swapped with the dive team. Oh. They had to jump off the high dives. That's something oh, you'd be interested in? God, no. No, not <laughs> a swimmer? I do not like heights. We went to that Fort Jackson and had to rappel down the 40-foot wall. That's the scaredest I've ever been. I could not do heights. It's 40 feet. Yeah, I don't like heights either. I'm mm-hmm. totally with you. Yeah. Speaking of Fort Jackson, you guys know they did change the rule this year where you can't have the celebration outside of the dugout, but the... The yeah. military helmet is part of y'all's uh, mm-hmm. celebration for like home runs and stuff. What what does that mean to the team, and how did that how did that really come about? I mean, we went to Fort Jackson three times, and I think it meant a whole lot to all of us just being able to go there and be around those guys. And so we just kind of want to honor them and what we had been through there and what they go through every day. And uh, so we had the the troop Tuesday, the Tuesday night game. We had the new camo hats. Which look great, by the way. Yeah, those things are sweet. And then we've got that helmet and dugout. Just kind of pay our respects and and honor them and what they do. If you were putting together the best athletes on the team, well, something we do with the football players, a lot of them play basketball. You yeah. told me you didn't play basketball. Um, not your sport. But we, we have them put together like their starting five. So I can't really get you to do that, but... Who are, who are the best athletes on your team, just overall? Maybe not best, even baseball player. Okay. Just best athlete. Uh, Jack Mahoney's a good athlete. He had an offer from Notre Dame to play football, play quarterback. Not many people know that. Good golfer, you said. Yeah, he is a good golfer. Um, Wimmer's good. He's a good athlete. And then probably Stone. Those yeah. those three are all real good athletes. Patrolling center field yeah. out there, making yeah. some great catches. So... In school right now, mm-hmm. I know you said you do not have to go to class today. Yeah. You were going to go. Mm-hmm. I was. You, you were fully planning on it. You're uh, not skipping school to be here yeah. if Coach Kingston's listening. <laughs> uh, what are you studying? And then what do you want to do after baseball is over, whenever that may be? Uh, I'm an interdisciplinary studies major. And that's something I haven't really given a whole lot of thought to because I mm-hmm. don't want to have like a fallback plan ready, you know. But I think it'd be cool to be like a real estate agent, sell some yeah. houses, I think that would be be a good gig. So no fallback plans so that you, uh, I'm doing this. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's good. 
Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. This is, these hours always go by super, super fast. What we're up to? We're, are we six for six now, Chris? Can we officially say yeah. that? Yeah, I think so. So we're, we're still batting a thousand. Yeah, excellent. We wouldn't. We can't. We wouldn't say otherwise. Of course, no, well, but we are. I do that as a compliment <laughs> to the person while they're still here. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Next hour, Tyler's like five for six. No, definitely not. Uh, but anyway, thanks so much for being here with us, James, and uh, best of luck to you and the Gamecocks for the rest of the season on what hope uh, we're all hoping to be a very, very good season for all of y'all, and uh, best of luck in your career going forward as well. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the game or the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Coming up next is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs right here on 107.5 The Game.